Tuesday, October 18th here on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. Chuck Zada, Mark Schofield, and we're going to be talking about Colin Kaepernick today, making his first start back in the NFL this season. Uh, obviously, Kaepernick has been in the news quite a bit uh, due to the protests that he started during the preseason this week. But this year, uh, his first start of the 2016 season, despite appearing in nine games last year for the 49ers. A lot of expectations coming into this one in a way tilt at uh, the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, uh, you know, a lot of emotions going into this one, I think, on a number of different sides. When it comes to Kaepernick, we're going to be looking at what's going on on the field here. Though. That's what we do on the Quick Kicks pod. That's what we're going to do today. Mark Schofield, our quarterback guru, what'd you think? Give me, give me the one-word synopsis for Colin Kaepernick's return to game action here. Rusty. Okay. I mean, I think that's, that's probably the way I'd go with it. I mean, it's been a while since he's played you know he had the shoulder surgery so you know he's hasn't fully been 100 for a while i mean he missed um this preseason he wasn't completely thrown all the time they they kind of brought him back slowly i mean there was even reports that look part of the reason they waited for him to come back to the starting lineup was he had to put some weight back on because he kind of lost some weight while he was doing his rehab for the shoulder surgery yep but it was he was rusty but you could still see the flashes of what we saw basically 2012, 2013, when he was really kind of, you know, running that 49ers offense under Jim Harbaugh and, you know, flexing in the end zone after a long touchdown run against the Packers. Like you still saw flashes of that, but he's rusty. And I think, you know, the conditions weren't great. It was a nice day up in Buffalo, but it's windy. Yep. And that definitely, definitely played a role. I mean, on his long touchdown pass to Torrey Smith, I mean, that was underthrown. I mean, Smith's made a great adjustment to get back to that because it kind of got knocked down in the wind. When you talk about the rust that you saw, was it more on the mental side of things, the physical side, or the area where those two come together and trying to actually make things happen there? I think both. I mean, Colin Kaepernick's game is that pistol RPO. I yep. mean, that's that's what he was doing back in Nevada. I mean, he wrote a piece for the Washington Post highlighting how, you know, that's his offense. That's back to basics for him. I mean, that... You know, that phrase, you can't go home again. Well, that's what they're going to try to do with him because that's where he's most comfortable. But there was still some rust. There were still some times when he kept the ball when I think he should have handed it off. There were still some times when he handed it off when I thought he had a chance to make a play. Um, the progression structure when he was making throws, it was slowed. And there were times, I think, when he kind of gave up on plays quicker than he needed to. So that's, you know, a little bit up and down there. But look, guy still has the fastball. I mean, he threw a, a hitch rod, I think, to... Uh, it was either Patton or Curly that got dropped, and it was just a, you know it's just a rope shot, and it's that's even a scenario where you may even need the guy to dial it back a bit just because whatever you want to say about Colin Kaepernick, good, bad, or otherwise, the guy has a fastball and he can throw it. Looking at Kaepernick uh, in the box score, I see thirteen to twenty nine, one eighty seven. When you break it down and start looking in terms of uh, types of routes that he appeared to be most comfortable on at this point, are we talking those short routes, intermediate? Are we talking deep routes? Where where did you see him most comfortable in this one? With respect to this game, it was the shorter stuff, and I think that was because of the wind. Okay, because. You know, he's got the fastball that if you're throwing like a quick hitch or quick out, you know, he can cut through that no problem. But when you're trying to put touch on the ball, then you get to struggle a little bit. I mean, again, the long touchdown pass to Torrey Smith, underthrew him. 
Smith made a great adjustment to come back to it and then did the rest with his legs. They had a wheel route that I think it was drawn out of the backfield when they had they got a turnover on a fumble. They had a first and 10 on Buffalo's 28. You know, it's early in the game. You get a chance, and they dialed up a nice little combination route where they got, you know, twins to the left. They come in. The running back releases on the wheel route. You know, what we love to say, wheel route undefeated, but he overthrew him. He couldn't get the touch on it. And there were other throws. Like, he had um, Torrey Smith on their first drive of the game um, on the Buffalo 41 on a second and three. They dial up the deep shot. Um, Torrey Smith gets separation, gets good release of the line of scrimmage, runs a good route, and again, that pass is overthrown. So trying to find the touch, that's sometimes that even if conditions are perfect and you've had a long layoff, it's tough to get that in because maybe you haven't had the reps with these guys. Maybe you're just you know, trying to find the feel for it, having been away from it for a while. But when you add in that win that he was dealing with, it made it a little bit tougher. What did you see in terms of the uh, decision-making as he uh, went through this game? Was it uh, something that was an issue for Kaepernick? I mean, obviously no picks, but were there any situations where you're sitting there and you're saying, I'm not quite sure if you're making the best read in, the, in a given situation here? I mean, there were times when it looked like he gave up on plays quickly. Like he didn't let them develop. But in fairness to him, there were also times when you know, he would either get sacked or would have to scramble or try to buy time because there was just no separation downfield. I mean, thinking about there was a, a third quarter play with, I think, 234 um, left in the third quarter. He gets sacked for a one-yard loss, and it's just because there's no separation downfield. And so an athletic quarterback like Kaepernick, again, he's somebody that can make plays with his feet. When you start seeing a lack of separation in the secondary and routes aren't coming together, you can understand why he might just tuck it and go because I think it was later in the third or early fourth quarter. or Maybe I'm there, – there was some point either before that or after. Yeah, it was actually a little bit before that, a play, a 6-16 in the third quarter. You know, he's a scramble for almost a 30-yard gain. You know, he tucks it really quickly. It's almost like he takes one look, looks at his first read, and then tucks it and goes. But if there's no separation downfield – like we've seen on other plays, then you can almost understand it. You'd rather him hand in the pocket and make a play, but given his athletic ability, given his running ability, it's hard to din a guy when he picks up 30 yards on the ground. Well, and, and also, in, in fairness, this is a cupboard that's relatively bare for Kaepernick when you look at the receiving options for him. Yeah, I mean, the guys that he has to throw to, I think, are nice pieces. They're not top like I don't think any one of these guys is truly a top flight one number one guy in a receiving core. I mean, Torrey Smith, you know, n- near the tail end of his career. Um, Quinton Patton's a nice little slot type guy. Curly, another slot type guy. Um, Vance McDonald, with all due respect and apologies to our good friend Dave Archibald, Vance McDonald, the Rice product. I mean, he's a nice tight end in that sort of Brent Selleck mode that I think is a better maybe a better blocker than a true receiving tight end. So, you know, the it's not like he's got Odell and Julio Jones out there and he's struggling, you know. So, you know, when the guys can get separation, you know, and run good routes, Kaepernick, for the most part, got the ball generally near them, again, dealing with that wind and, you know, the, sometimes the difficulties with the touch on those deeper throws. How mind-blowing is it, by the way, that Torrey Smith is only 27 years old? Like, does, doesn't it seem like he's, like, 33? It really does. I mean, I just said that you think he's at the tail end of his career. I mean, clearly, 
27 isn't really at the tail end. I, I had to he look just, it up. It seems like he's been in the NFL for a lot longer than that. I don't know if it's like that I get him confused with Steve Smith from those times where they overlapped on the Ravens. I don't like I don't know what it is, but it seems like he's been in the league since like 2005, right? You know, it's it seems like he's kind of in like that Anquan Bolden class or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it does and I I'm I, I don't know why. Looking at his career <laughs> now. Yeah, I mean, I I legitimately thought that he had been in the league longer. I, I did too. I mean, I, I looked it up just because I was curious, but I'm going through. I'm like, there's no way Torrey Smith is only 27 years old, but he, no, here we I mean, are. 2011 was his first year. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's Ooh, shocking. I gotta, to ta- see, I gotta take the L on that one. I I do too. I mean, I, I'm sitting there. I'm going, yeah, Torrey Smith is like kind of past his prime, and then I look there. I'm like. Wait, Torrey Smith should be about as good as he's ever going to get right now. So yeah. it's uh, what, what I but do. But see, that's what that's what we do here at ITP, though. You know, when we have to take the L, we take the L. What I, find, I mean, there there are people that don't take the L. Let's let me talk a little bit about Smith actually, because you've been watching uh, all of the NFC wide receivers and tight ends all year. What's what's your take on Smith in terms of as a route runner? I guess because I'm looking just at his career numbers and I go through them. There's only two years out of the six where he's noticeably above 50% completions going to him. Is that just because he's typically being you know, thrown to as a deep threat? Is it because he's not running precise routes? What's the reason? You know, that- no, I, I think to Smith's credit, he runs really good routes, especially okay. he's fairly good against the press off the line of scrimmage. I mean, I talked about that first quarter play where he ran a good deep route, um, gets good release, gets good separation. He's, again, working against the press there. I mean, I'm running through just the breakdown of this game. Um, there's a play 850 in the first quarter, runs a shallow route against man coverage, passes thrown behind him, um, makes a nice little adjustment. Again, that's a pretty quick throw from Kaepernick kind of over the middle. He's only running like a five-yard route. Um, now, he's working against a linebacker there, but still, it's a good route, um, another good release there. Um yeah, the touchdown, he was in a bunch formation to the right against off coverage this time. Runs a vertical route, but he has the speed to eliminate the cushion quickly and get by the defender. Passes under throw, and again, he makes a nice adjustment, turning back to it. So, you know, from what I've studied in this game and other games of Smith, he runs pretty good routes. I think the sort of disconnect on the completion percentage and things like that is a lot of his stuff is deeper stuff. Yep. A lot of double move stuff, a lot of vertical routes, a lot of deep post routes where, you know, obviously there's increased chance that the pass is going to be incomplete because tougher throw to make. Yeah, it's it, they're, and, you know, they're you're getting lower safety com- help as well. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're low percentage routes in, in general. And so it's it's something you know that I was just kind of curious about. And I guess that that kind of backs it up uh, when you actually take a look at that. Going back to Kaepernick now, okay, obviously, you know, you, you've seen what he did uh, in his first week back against uh, this Bills defense. And it was a Bills defense that, you know, last year, as you remember, really struggled against the pass. Obviously, you know, as you mentioned right off the bat, a significant amount of wind in this game. So it, it did somewhat uh, put a little bit of a cap on uh, what you were able to do through the air. So that is something that does factor into this one. But you take a look at the road ahead, and you're going against a Buccaneers team at home, not at home at the Buccaneers, but you're back home against the Buccaneers uh, this uh, upcoming weekend. You know, that's a team that really has struggled against the pass as well. You would think this gives Kaepernick a chance to kind of get things going. And then you got a, a team in the Saints that has struggled to defend for years at this point. So you, you potentially have a couple games to try to get some rhythm here. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the schedule sort of sets up nicely for Kaepernick's return. I mean, like you said, first, they get two straight home games now. For two games, and then after that, it's Cardinals-Patriots. Yeah, but that Cardinals defense, I mean, they, they've struggled a bit this year. Yep, they have. I mean, they've been a little bit up and down. So, I mean, you know, they also went to Buffalo, uh, made the trip east, and had a bit, bit of a tough time with it. So, you know, and that Patriots defense, it depends what kind of defense they roll out. I mean, there are times when New England seems to just roll that cover two shell, basically, rush three and drop eight and just play straight cover two. And teams can pick them apart when they do that. And, yep. you know, I think Kaepernick could do that if that's what they decide to do. Um, I would be surprised if that's what Belichick tries to do. I would, you know, knowing Bill Belichick, take away what they do best. He's probably going to take, you know, man up, try to take that option game away. Yep. Um, so, but, you know, coming back to Kaepernick, I think. You know, the next two weeks will probably be a good sort of measuring stick for how far along he is in this sort of return to action, um, especially, I think, that game against the Saints. I mean, Tampa Bay's defense, you know, they've, they've struggled at times, and so has New Orleans. I mean, New Orleans let Carolina right back into that game um, on Sunday. Saints have been struggling for a long time on defense, and I think that will be a good test for him. Um, you know, those two home games, particularly against the Saints, to see how well he is progressing here in his return to action any last thoughts on Kaepernick as we uh look to wrap this up uh before we call today no I mean I still think that he's the better fit for this Chip Kelly offense when you look at his athletic ability his ability as a runner he at least makes the defense stay aware of his threat with the legs because when you get Blaine Gabbert back there Gabbert's not the athlete that Kaepernick is and so when the quarterback in Blaine Gabbard is putting the football on the belly of the running back of Hyde at the mesh point, that backside defensive end isn't too terrified about Gabbard keeping it and going around the edge. But you have to be worried about it with Kaepernick. So it just fits better with what Kelly's doing offensively. You start doing that, you start busting off a couple of big plays, and then that defense has to pay more attention to that. It makes the ground game a little bit better. If they can get that ground game going – you know, then it makes everything easier. And so you can just kind of see how it sort of has that ripple effect of, you know, that little bit of a threat on that backside defensive end. That defense has to be a little bit more honest with how they're playing things. Maybe it loosens it up some running alley, some running lanes for Hyde, and then everything sort of just ripples out from there. Outstanding. Well, look, that's about it That for uh, – that's all the time we got today. We got some plays of the week to talk about tomorrow. Plays though. of the week, baby. We got plays oh. of the week tomorrow. I got – I got a couple good ones, I think, uh, that are going to kind of get the juices flowing on special teams here. Yeah, I got a couple of things to, to, to pick from. I'm probably not going to go with yet another throwback play, but who knows? Maybe something happens on uh, the, during the Monday night game that you know changes my mind. How many games you got left to watch? Ooh, I got five more games to get through. I got four. Kickers ahead. Keep grinding that tape. Kickers ahead, baby. We will see you tomorrow on the Quick Kicks podcast. Chuck Zada, Mark Schofield. We'll catch you later.